I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. If you heard our last few episodes, you'll know we've been doing something a little bit different on the show. Al Jazeera launched a new podcast a few months ago, and we wanted to share the first series with you here on The Take. It's an investigation in four parts from Al Jazeera's investigative unit. And this is the final part, part four. The unit went undercover to tell this wild tale about how ambassadorships and diplomatic passports are bought and sold. Al Jazeera's Kevin Hurton and Deb Davies did most of the work on this one, and they're going to take it away from here. So here they are, and here it is, the last installment of Al Jazeera Investigates, Diplomats for Sale. This demands an immediate police investigation into what really happened with the diplomatic passports of Dominica. The political house of cards in Dominica has been on shaky ground since Al Jazeera's investigation in November exposed the controversial sales of diplomatic passports. And what happened with the money exchanged for the diplomatic passports of Dominica? It's a scandal both main parties took hold of as the tiny Caribbean nation headed into a general election. And it's a vote residents fought to postpone but lost. Given their choice after hearing our report, Dominicans were left with few options. But now the United Nations is paying attention. Thanks for joining us for our fourth and final part of our series, Diplomats for Sale. I'm Kevin Hurton. And I'm Deborah Davis. This is Al Jazeera Investigates. So when we last left you, we were negotiating the sale of an ambassadorship, a diplomatic passport from the Commonwealth of Dominica. I've been invited by the prime minister today. And we're trying to get the prime minister to agree to the deal. And so I will have an opportunity, finally, to connect as it pertains to our matter on hand. So this whole issue of buying and selling diplomatic passports in the Caribbean, it's something we've been investigating for more than a year now. And last spring, we found a businessman who was willing to be part of our undercover operation. He was letting us use his name to see if we could buy an ambassadorship to find out how this system that's only available to the super rich really works. So there are a lot of moving parts here. Brokers talking to brokers, undercover meetings, a lot of WhatsApp messages flying back and forth. And it seemed like we were getting close, really close. But our timing was off. Just as it seemed we were close to confirming these deals were still happening, all sorts of different scandals tied to other Dominican ambassadorships kept breaking, making the politicians wary. And to compound the problem, there's also an election going on. Well, my friend, I'm sure you've been waiting to hear from me as to what transpired today. And so all of this starts blowing up in the face of the Prime Minister, Roosevelt Skerritt. So he's now ultra careful. The elections is not too far away. So he's becoming very, very, very paranoid. That's O.J. Serafin. He's a former Prime Minister of Dominica, and he's the guy who's been unwittingly negotiating the deal for us. It is about timing. Until, of course, it came to an abrupt stop. And I think the timing is not now. And finally... Scarrett backs out. To be honest with you, I don't think the prime minister is ready to meet with any other person 
in the ambassadorial area, especially against the backdrop of huge revelations of negative activity of past ambassadors. I think I'm making myself clear. And so on my way so out, that's it. I will stop off in Undercover's a- over, right? Well, it turns out OJ has an ace up his sleeve. And it's one that would cause shockwaves right across the political spectrum in Dominica. OJ has a suggestion. He floated the idea, why don't you guys hedge your bets and offer some of the money to the opposition as well? It'd probably be even more impactful if the opposition were to be the ones to benefit because at this time they're very greedy. So what is he doing? He's, he's being practical here. He doesn't know who's going to win this election. In fact, he thinks the opposition could win. So why not play both sides? If you've offered to pay the government, the ruling party, and then they lose the election, then you've lost your money. And before we can even really process the consequences of this... Off his own bat and without telling us, O.J. approached the lawyer for the leader of the opposition. Okay, this is Kevin. It is now 5.23 on October 2nd. Uh, We've had a flurry of messages saying that the opposition seems up for this. O.J. Serafin has said the price of a passport is 400,000 U.S. 400,000 dollars, 200 up front, 200 on the back end, a 50,000 dollar fee for Mr. Serafin, and now a $20,000 fee to... um, To a lawyer acting for the opposition leader, Lennox Linton, a lawyer named David Bruni. He also happens to be OJ's lawyer. We have a call scheduled for tomorrow, and they will talk about the details. Hi, David Bruni speaking. David Bruni's essentially a gatekeeper here. Just so we were absolutely clear... No room for error. We asked Bruni point blank whether he was speaking on behalf of Lennox Linton. Yes, I can say that. Anything said to him was in effect being said to the opposition leader. The opposition now really requires funding. Make no mistake, we are moving along. But as in all things, financial contributions are required. All right, so Bruni's asking us for money, which is not really shocking. I mean, the party's strapped for cash, but... You got to remember, Lennox Linton's United Workers Party has been hammering the corruption issue throughout this campaign. Your passport money is putting over $180 million in their pocket on one project in Portsmouth, hand delivered to them by Roosevelt Scared, yet he tells us he loves Dominicans. And OJ's telling us that Bruni wanted money for his campaign. In exchange, he'd be willing to make our businessman a diplomat. I mean, that sure sounds like the stuff they've been campaigning against. But we needed to make sure, absolutely sure, that Bruni was talking about the same deal that OJ agreed to back in Panama. For the low, low price of $450,000 U.S., our businessman from the Philippines could be an ambassador for Dominica. That was the deal that OJ set up. OJ would, of course, get his $50,000 cut, right? How much? How much? $50,000? 50000 yeah. So we asked David Bruni, very explicitly, are you aware of what O.J. agreed to in Panama? Oh, yes, yes, yes. O.J. is a trusted confidant, definitely. I'm very comfortable with him, and the leader of the party is very comfortable with me. And just to make absolutely sure, we asked him one more time, and he said, yes, 100%. 100%, absolutely 100%. 100% yes. I mean, it really looked like we had a deal. 
not with the prime minister, but with the opposition. Still, at this point, it's just a verbal agreement. All right, October 9th, the morning of October 9th. And then we get the confirmation. This morning, we got a um, very significant document from the lawyer representing the opposition in Dominica. And it basically says that if they win in the event of victory in the election, then they will appoint our candidate to the diplomatic corps. Um, A memorandum of understanding from the lawyer representing the opposition in Dominica, Lennox Linton. It says if they win the election, then they will appoint our candidate, our undercover businessman, to the diplomatic corps. It's a remarkable document. To get this in writing, and it actually sets out a timeline? Yep, within 28 days... Of Lennox Linton becoming Prime Minister of the Commonwealth of Dominica. He will then appoint our man to the role of ambassador at large. OJ said, the money to me will go down as consultancy services, the money to the lawyer will go down as legal services, and the 200000 that you pay in advance will fund the opposition's election campaign. It will get spent on T-shirts, on PA systems, on holding events. For, for me, it was pretty stunning. I think when this happened, my, my first reaction was just of intense disappointment because we know that Lennox Linton has said in the past that if elected, he would scrap all the previous diplomatic appointments that Skerritt has made to foreigners. And yet here is his lawyer who says he's speaking on Linton's behalf, saying they will do exactly the opposite. We wanted to find out if you could buy a diplomatic passport. Just months ago, we were talking to somebody we'd never met in Manila about being an ambassador. And now here's his name on a piece of paper confirming it was true. Then we were done. But with stories like this, done is a long process. We have an obligation to reach out to the people we mention in these stories. And frankly, that's a big part of what we do. We want to know what they have to say. No response from David Bruni. Lennox Linton, on the other hand, he had a lot to say. He was on TV. He was on the radio. He had a story to tell. The Al Jazeera investigation, Diplomats for Sale, which aired on November the 26th, 2019, raises some serious issues about adherence to the rule of law in Dominica at the highest levels of government. Based on the evidence... He wrote to us saying he wasn't aware of what David Bruni and O.J. Serafin were doing. He was in the dark and would never agree to selling an ambassadorship. O.J., he sent us these very long letters explaining his side of the story. He doesn't speak for Lennox Linton. He doesn't speak for Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt and that he was really just lying to try to get as much money as he could from us. He said in all caps, I do not speak on their behalf, and I have no authority to represent them in any way whatsoever, exclamation point. And it went on for several pages in this similar manner. Okay, so then there's Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt. He strongly denied speaking to OJ about an ambassadorship, calling his comments totally false. So while the politicians were trying to distance themselves from the Al Jazeera investigation, when the story finally came out, it started to cause a real stir for the people of Dominica. 
and social media lit up. With, with videos like this. And the people who did this video, they're getting really creative. They're showing pictures of different people in the government surrounded by gold. There's golden spiders. This is jumping off the story of Ali Reza Monfared. Remember the man from part two who gave away gold bars to Dominica's political elite? This is all happening as Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt is attempting to get an unprecedented fifth term in office. Things are getting really tense. One of the issues we talked about in our series, Diplomats for Sale, was how Skerritt supposedly uses money from the sale of diplomatic passports to rig the voter registers. This has been a festering issue in Dominica for years. Allegations that people who've been living abroad, they're paid to fly in, people apparently returning from the grave to vote for the government. So people are really angry, and that anger is starting to spill over into the streets. And this is a small place, so it's like a a powder keg. All during the morning, all till 10 o'clock, I was in the village. I just heard screaming, and we had gunshots when I was coming. Gunshots were being fired. This is the day before the election, and I wake up to all these messages from Dominica. Things are really starting to kick off there. My phone is blowing up. We have old people, we have babies, we have centenarians who have been suffering from the Tegas and live wrongs of ammunition. That's, I mean, that is unheard of. A lot of this is happening in Salisbury. That's a town on the West Coast that has a history of being loyal to the opposition. My name is Lenary John from Salisbury, aged 65 years. And we heard from people there as this was escalating. They use Tegas in the village. They use it on everybody. The unrest spread across at least two communities. The residents there were worried about voter fraud and they wanted the election postponed until after the voter registration lists were cleaned up. And there are two basic things we were just asking for. The voter's ID card and the cleansing of the list. And this, Roosevelt Skerritt, refused to give us Roosevelt Skerritt administration is the most corrupt administration in the entire Caribbean. What he's been doing is selling passports, selling diplomatic passports, which Azadiro just exposed. So then I get another message from a guy named Atherton Martin. He's a political watcher in Dominica. He's an activist. People, they come to kill, Ambro. You're talking about doing what? They come to kill people. And I'm looking at video, cell phone video of, of the scene here where they're... Um, these are, these are soldiers. It's Atherton calling me. Hi, Atherton. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. Listen, I'm on, um, I'm actually in the podcast booth right now. We're, uh, we're, we're sort of recording. So if you don't mind uh, that I record the, this call. Not a problem. You guys should get our Pulitzer Prize for this, uh, for quality and for timing. It, 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 it actually provided the, the, precisely the kind of verification and third-party consolidation of, the, of what, we have, what has been said here locally for the last several years. Can you tell me a little bit about the video you just sent me? This is a video of additional soldiers from the regional security system arriving. He's talking about the regional security system, or RSS. It's made up of troops from around the region, St. Vincent, Grenada, Antigua, all over the East Caribbean. And Prime Minister Skerritt asked them to come to Dominica before the election to try to keep the peace. And what the soldier says is really very 
very revealing. He says, you all are dead today. The policeman just said to us, we all are dead today. So, so there, there appears to be really a plan to, to completely terrorize, intimidate, and possibly provoke. The connection to the election is this. It, is, it, is, it has become very, very clear, both from the polls and from, I can tell you, from my observations and my knowledge of what is going on on the ground, that this election, he does not have this one clearly in the bag. That means that he has a problem. That means he's not likely to remain as prime minister if everything went uninterrupted. So the next day is election day, and things are still tense. The voters we've heard from sound worried. The election can never be free and fair because people are, being, are fearful. People are afraid to go and vote. On Friday, December the 6th, Dominica held its general elections and Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt won. He's been in power 16 years already. The people of the Commonwealth of Dominica have spoken. And I want to thank them for giving the Dominican Labour Party a resounding victory and returning us to office for another term as the next government. It was a landslide. Prime Minister Skerritt's Dominica Labour Party picked up 18 of the 21 legislative seats. That's three more than last time, including one first-timer, Melissa Papone Skerritt, the Prime Minister's wife. So we wanted to reach out to Atherton Martin again after the election. This time we called him. Okay, are, are you with me? Yes, Kevin. He had a couple of things to say. He was skeptical of Roosevelt Skerritt's election win. But he was also pretty clear that this is not good news for the issue we'd been talking about, ambassadorships and diplomatic passports. Unless you have a government or an administration that really understands and adheres to not just the spirit, but the detail of the Vienna Convention, this will not stop. It's a UN convention that sets out what it means to be an ambassador, the Vienna Convention, signed in 1961. We spoke to the United Nations about the results of our investigation into buying and selling ambassadorships. This is what Stefan Dujaric, the UN spokesman, said. Whatever uh, misuse, criminal or otherwise, been done should be thoroughly uh, investigated. I mean, the, the, the privileges afforded two diplomatic passport holders or UN laissez-passes are very important and they should be protected in their integrity. Since our story came out, there have been rumblings about whether investigations are enough or if it's time for a radical rethink. I'm a former UN appeal judge and I find it outrageous that the UN accepts these appointments. Jeffrey Robertson is now a global human rights lawyer. The United Nations must have a rule that it will not accept ambassadorships where there is no connection with the country and there is a question mark over the reasons for the appointment. Does that suggest that in some way it's time to revisit the Vienna Convention, that it's perhaps outdated? The problem in practice with revisiting any convention is that A, it takes ages, and B, 
the whole thing could unravel. What is necessary is enforcement. That's something that member states could insist upon. Robertson says the UN is extremely timid when it comes to policing its own members. They don't like to tell them no. Britain, France, and the other leading members of the United Nations should get together. The Security Council uh, is capable of doing something about it. It needs more exposure, more documentaries like yours to expose what is an unconscionable situation. This is the last episode of this series, Diplomats for Sale, but we will be back soon, going undercover, chasing down wrongdoing around the globe. In the meantime, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends about us, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps. And send us ideas for your own investigations. What should we be investigating? We want to know. I'm Kevin Hurton. You can find me on Twitter at KD Hurton. And I'm Deborah Davis at D Davies AJ. This episode was produced by Amy Walters, sound mix by TVC Soho, the social media producer Natalia Aldana. The show's executive producer is Joe DeFrias. Al Jazeera's head of audio is Graylin Brashear. I'm Deborah Davis. And I'm Kevin Hurton. Hey, everyone. Malika again here. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to this new podcast from us and, of course, rate and review it. That really helps. Just search for Al Jazeera Investigates. There's a new series of this show coming later in the spring, so we're gearing you up for that. In the meantime, The Take will be back on Friday with a brand new episode. Talk to you then.